In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus, exposed here before us in the Blessed Sacrament. We want to pray about prayer. This is something that we should do frequently, to think about in our prayer what we're doing. That we're alone with God, that God loves us, that we can talk to Him, that we can listen to Him that we can be with him and encounter him. And to do that, we can travel back in time a little bit to the Feast of the Transfiguration, which the church just celebrated not long ago, and put ourselves in that scene. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain apart. It doesn't take too much scriptural detective work to realize that this is a time of prayer. Jesus goes up to the mountain to pray habitually. He goes out to the wilderness to pray habitually. And so he's taking Peter and James and John with him apart, it says explicitly, up a high mountain apart. And so it's a retreat or a recollection, if you will. And in their prayer and in our prayer, Lord, when we're with you in prayer, you'll show yourself to us. And in their prayer, this is what he does. He shows them something incredible, spectacular, his divinity. His divinity shines through his humanity. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is well that we are here. If you wish, I will make three booths here, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Lord, it is good that we are here. Peter expressing a kind of gratitude and an appreciation and a wonder at what has been revealed to him. It's good to see you like this, Lord. It's good to be alone with you. And it's good to see you like this, transfigured. And we too, in every time of prayer... We can, we should, and we can foster and have that same conclusion as St. Peter. Lord, it is good that we are here. It's good that we're here. It's good to be here right now, praying in God's presence. It's good to pray and to be with you, Lord, wherever we are, whenever we pray. 
And we can extend that, right? It's, it's good to be here. It's good to be on this earth. It's good to exist. It's good to have our life. We thank you for our existence, Lord. We know that you created us out of love. You created us out of love and to love and in loving and being loved by you and loving others and loving you. You want us to flourish. You want us to be happy. You want us to excel. It's good that we're here. It's good that we're here in this world as it is. It's good that I'm in my job. It's good that I'm in, I'm in this family. It's good that I'm in this community. It's even good that I'm in this state, believe it or not. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Why, Lord? Because you're with me and, and, and you've given me a mission here to be you for others. Each Christian is ipse Christus, alter Christus. Configured to Christ in baptism. Configured further in, in um, confirmation. United to Christ every time we receive communion. Forgiven by Christ every time we have confession. So that the life of God, right, the life of Christ is strengthened in us, is in us. So it's good to be with you, Lord. It's good that we're here. And it's good to be here wherever that is for us, our life. Because you're with us and we are with you. We are you in the world. But these things and our Lord's presence and our Lord's reality is seen principally and it's only really, it only really comes home to us if we pray. If we pray. If we reflect on the word of God. If we spend time with our Lord. If we let him take us apart to be with him in prayer as he took these three apostles apart from the others. And that takes some work, right? That takes some work. Because it's very easy for us to um, have a kind of overly busy life and an overly busy mindset. And we're busy at work and we're rushing from one thing to do and another, and one worry and another, and we come home and we're busy at home or we're worried about one thing or another. And then we have a moment to relax instead of really finding solitude, silence, really letting our soul rest in the truth. Because that takes some work, too, to contemplate, to pray. We keep our minds busy, right? The rest of distraction, this thing, that thing, the other thing. This show, that game. This website, this app. And so if we're not careful, we never really pray because we don't have silence. So we're in a noisy work environment with... External noise, internal noise, our concerns, what people think of me, what I have to do. In a noisy home environment, what's wrong with my wife? Who, you'll never figure that out. What's going to happen to my kids? Who knows? Why is the toilet broken again? Whatever. And then when we get a moment 
right? Our, our culture and our society is so good at escapes or whatever, right? Sudoku, Batman, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube shorts, you name it, right? Fox News, whatever. CNN, maybe. And we need to escape and we need to rest. And this, this is a need of the soul, right? To be alone with God, to, to rest with Him in order to, in order to be, in order to receive His revelation. Who is He? What does He want from me? Why am I here? What am I doing in this world? What's His will for me? What's the next step? Our soul needs that escape. To be in reality, right? To be with him in prayer is to be in reality. And it's to rest in the reality of someone who loves us, someone who has a plan for us. There's an incredible passage. Psalm 55. That talks about this escape that the soul needs. The rest, we could say, that the soul needs. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come, come upon me and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yea, I would wander afar. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hasten to find me a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. The psalmist, inspired by the Holy Spirit, expresses these basic modes of prayer, these basic desires of the soul. We need to fly away to God. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Yea, I would wander afar, I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hasten to find me a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. And this is our Lord. He says, come to me. Come to me, you labor who and are heavy laden. Come to me with your worries and your anxieties and your busyness. And you will find rest for, your, for, your, for yourselves. Right? You will find rest for your souls. And we say, Lord, it is good that we are here. Lord, it is good that we are here. That always reminds me, when I, some of you are old enough to remember this. Maybe you don't remember it because you didn't see it, but you're still old enough. <laughs> the, uh, in the mid to late 80s, Milwaukee's Best right, had this commercial on TV, a series of commercials. And they would show these guys um, on vacation, having a great time. So one of them, they were fishing in some lake in Minnesota, and it would say, like, these guys really love to fish. And they also love the great taste of Milwaukee's best. And when they don't want to fill up, they enjoy Milwaukee's best light. <laughs>
And then at the end of the commercial, they'd all be around this campfire at night, or they'd be on the Everglades like during the day, you know. They love to be on these airboats <laughs> cruising over the Everglades, and they also love Milwaukee's best. And then at night, whatever the scene was, at night, the very last thing you see in the commercial, these guys around a campfire talking and having a good time, and they'd break into the cooler and bring out their Milwaukee's best, crack them open, and one guy would always say, guys, it doesn't get any better than this. And it was the last kind of message from the commercial, right? Guys, it doesn't get any better than this. There they are, the campfire, the beer. And that impressed me as a young man. I was like, yeah, they're probably right. That sounds, that looks pretty good, right? It doesn't get any better than this. And those are moments right, that you savor. It's like, they're, none of them are like, oh, let's get this over with. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta do this other thing. You know, when is this gonna be over? Right? They have hours in front of them. And we've probably had moments like that in our life where we're like, this is a great moment. This is a great time. And the sentiment is, I wish this could last forever, right? I want to extend this. I want to be, it's great to be here. This is Peter. It's great to be in my prayer. It's great to see God. And so I don't, you know, I don't cut corners. I don't forget it. I don't skimp on my prayer. It's great to be here. And I need this time with God. And he wants me to be here. And that's a great question, right? When we start our prayer life, Lord, and we get serious about it, we realize, well, this is Opus Day 101, right? San Jose Maria 101. Get a plan of life. Do some mental prayer in the morning, 15 minutes, half hour if possible. Do another time of mental prayer at night, 15 minutes eventually. 15 minutes, half hour if possible. Right? What's your plan of life? How much prayer am I committing myself to? Some spiritual reading, some rosary, and, and that's demanding. Well, it means we take God seriously and we want to show up because we want to get our mind on Him and on what He wants and to love Him directly and then figure out what's the plan, Lord? Who do you want me to help? What kind of example am I giving? Who am I talking to about? Who am I talking to about you? Who am I sharing my faith with? How am I living? Because if we don't sit down and think about things with him, well, then we think about things by ourselves. Or we think about things with Tucker Carlson. Or we think about things with Lady Gaga or whoever, right, is, is in, our, in our mind and in our bandwidth. And we're going to be influenced by someone or something. And the only way to be influenced regularly by God is by showing up, prayer, spiritual reading. And yet, Lord, even though that's so important and so good for our soul and so helpful, yeah, it's a little bit hard to establish. It's a little bit hard to do. And we can fall into the kind of default mode of, well, yeah, I'll have a plan of life. But, you know, if anything else comes up that seems a little bit more pressing, I dropped, I dropped the prayer for this other thing. Right? No, I didn't pray the second period of mental prayer. I didn't pray as much as I planned to. Because I had to do X. And yeah, I get it, right? Sometimes that's necessary. But it, but it shouldn't be the default. The default should be the other, the, the, the default should be the reverse, right? The default should be precisely the reverse of that, which is, I didn't do this other thing because I needed to do my prayer. 
and I dropped this other thing. I cut it short, and it and it was a sacrifice, right? I wanted to finish it. I wanted to keep reading. I wanted to fit. You know, I wanted to keep working, but I stopped because God comes first. Because I need God. It's my soul needs God, and it messed up my day, and it, and and you know complicated my week. Well, too bad. Because in the long run, the more you do that, the more capable you are, you're going to be, and I'm going to be, of handling life. The more peaceful we'll be normally in work, the more patience we'll have, the more calm we'll have to be able to handle problems, the more lights we'll have to be able to figure out what to do. And so in the short term, yeah, it might be a sacrifice. Why? I could have finished that, and I didn't, and now i got to do it tomorrow, and it's complicated, but I prayed. But over the course of months and years, right, that habit of praying regularly is going to help you be a better person, a better man. And so you're going to be a better worker. Why? Because your soul's in order. <laughs> and so you're calmer, more confident, stronger, more enlightened. And everyone wins if you do your prayer. Your boss wins, your colleagues win, your wife wins, your Children win. Your friends win. Everyone wins if you do your prayer, if you're a man of God. And yet, Lord, in our stupidity, we think, oh, well, this is, you know, yeah, prayer is good, but what's really important is that I, whatever that means, get this last thing done or plan this or do that. We don't realize it's good for us to be here. Period. It's good for us to be with you. This is from a ancient bishop, Athanasius something. <laughs> I had a little note with his full name on it, like where he was from. But anyway, this is in the this is in the breviary, the uh, office of readings for the feast of the Transfiguration. It's very beautiful, very powerful. It was a homily on the Transfiguration by. One Athanasius something. (laughs) Bishop. Let us run with confidence and joy to enter into the cloud like Moses and Elijah or like James and John. Let us be caught up like Peter to behold the divine vision and to be transfigured by that glorious transfiguration. Let us retire from the world, stand aloof from the earth, rise above the body, detach ourselves from creatures and turn to the creator to whom Peter in ecstasy exclaimed, Lord, it is good for us to be here. It is indeed good to be here, as you said, Peter. It is good to be with Jesus and to remain here forever. What greater happiness or higher honor could we have than to be with God, to be made like him and to live in his light? What better thing to do than to be with God. And yet, Lord, when the moment comes, almost anything can keep us from the prayer. What's so important? What's more important than being with God? What's so important that I can't find the time for that time of prayer? What could possibly be so important? Therefore, since each of us possesses God in his heart, since each of us possesses God in his heart, and is being transformed into his divine image, 
we should also cry out with joy. It is good for us to be here, which means wherever we are, God is always with us. As long as we're in the state of grace, he's living in our heart. He abides in our soul. He is us and we are him. We should also cry out with joy. It is good for us to be here, here, where all things shine with divine radiance, where there is joy and gladness and exultation, where there is nothing in our hearts but peace, serenity, and stillness, where God is seen. For here in our hearts, Christ takes up his abode together with the Father, saying as he enters, Today salvation has come to this house. With Christ, our hearts receive all the wealth of his eternal blessings. And there where they are stored up for us in him, we see reflected as in a mirror both the first fruits and the whole of the world to come. Here in our hearts, Christ takes up his abode together with the Father, saying as he enters, today salvation has come to this house. Lord, it is good for us to be here. Help me not to skip my prayer. Help me not to rush my prayer. Help me to do it and to savor it. Blessed Alvaro would say that about um, about communion. Right, he would preach a, a time of thanksgiving out loud after Mass with the people who were with him in the chapel where he said Mass. And Blessed Alvaro would say, my children, we're in heaven already. We're already in heaven. Why? Because, because we don't see it, but God is in us, right, in communion. He's right there with us. We're united to him. And that's what we'll see in heaven. That's what heaven is. We're already in heaven. And then speaking to our Lord directly, he would say, Lord, we'd like to stay with you if possible. We'd like to stay right here with you for hours, not leave you. But we know, Lord, that that's not your will for us. Right? You want us to, you want us to work and you want us to do apostolate and you want us to bring you into this world and bring this world back to you. You want us to do Opus Dei. They were all members of Opus Dei there. And yet, Lord, we would like to stay here. You want us to go and we'll carry you with us. We're in heaven already. It's good to be here wherever we are, Lord. It's good for us to be here because you are with us. But to recognize that, right, in the, in the ordinary times, we have to have times that are set apart just for that, right? Just for considering it. Times especially of silence. We saw the other day in the Mass that um, Eli- speaking of Elijah, right? Elijah's on Mount Oreb, and there's all these extreme manifestations of nature, fire, and earthquake, and a mighty wind. And Scripture keeps saying, but God was not in the earthquake, and not, God was not in the fire, and God was not in the mighty wind. And then Elijah hears the still, small voice. He hears the still, small voice. And he wraps his cloak around his head and goes to the mouth of the cave to enter into the presence of God. God whispers. God whispers. He whispers in our conscience. He whispers. He says nothing. Right? He's saying everything. From the Eucharist, he's silent on the cross. He's silent in Our Lady's womb. He's silent throughout his hidden life. Right? Jesus he speaks in his public life, of course. But Jesus speaks to us, especially in our prayer, 
in a still small voice, right? He whispers. And so we have to, we have to, Lord, and we ask you for the grace to be recollected, right? Because unless we have exterior silence, at least moments of exterior silence, we can hear the voice of God. The whole point of exterior silence is that we can have an interior life and God exists in us as we just saw. Each of us possesses God in his heart. And Lord, if my focus is always on this external worry and that external worry and this entertainment and that ice cream cone and this football game coming up and whatever, big things or little things, silly things or important things, if it's always external, well, then we don't meet God. We don't hear God. Silence, St. Josemaria said, is the doorkeeper of the interior life, right? The doorkeeper of the interior life. As we want to live our faith, we have to actualize it by prayer. Prayer actualizes the faith. And if we want to actualize our faith by prayer, we need times of quiet, of recollection. I'm not saying this is easy. I know it's easier for me than it is for you. Because I don't have children or a wife. And so I can escape. I've got a chapel in my house for crying out loud. You know, it's easy for me. It's not easy for you, but it's doable. You gotta make it happen. It's doable. You can do it. But it's gotta be done. If it's not done, well then, you know, our faith is over here. I believe in this and that and the other thing, and hopefully God will make things work eventually. And our real life is over here, right? And all my motives are kind of mostly worldly and a little bit religious and never the twain shall fully meet. But when we pray and stop, we realize, oh, what am I doing here, right? <laughs> Lord, what do you want from me? Or who are you? Who am I? What's the next step? What are you telling me? We can start to hear the answers and, and listen to Jesus' word slowly and imagine these scenes and put ourselves in them and say the things that the saints said. Lord, it's good for me to be here. Thank you for my prayer. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for everything, St. Rosemary says, because everything is good. Thank you for everything, Lord. It's good to be in this life with all of its challenges, with all of its challenges. Everything. And if there are problems in the world, well, that's why we're here as Christians, right? To pray for those problems, to suffer for those problems, and to help those people. But we're here because of the problem. We're here for the problems because we're with God. We're other Christs. Thank you, Lord, for your confidence in me to be your instrument, to be you for others. Help me to see that in my prayer. We go to Our Lady. Our Lady made this all happen, and Our Lady often reflected on things in her heart. She kept things in her heart. So when things happened to her between her and God, her first reaction wasn't to go and just, you know, tell everyone about it or trivialize it or to post it on Facebook. She'd think about it. She'd reflect on it. She'd pray. She'd pray about it. And this has to be us, St. Josemaria would say. St. Josemaria would say, the theme of my Prayer is the theme of my life. And the theme of my life is the theme of my prayer. And so when I meet our Lord in my prayer, I filter my life. What's really happening, Lord? What am I really worried about? What am I really worried about? Is it 
the threat of nuclear warfare? Is it transgenderism? Is it my marriage? Is it whether Elon Musk and and Zuckerberg are ever going to fight each other in a cage match? I don't. I mean, is it Mac Jones? I mean, what am I? You know, what is on my mind? It's my job. Is it my job security? Is it politics or what? What what's on my mind, Lord? And what do you think about those things? And can I do anything about them? And if I can't, well, I put them in your hands. And then what do you want me to actually do something about, worry about? What's actionable? Who can I help more? And we filter our life through our prayer. And Our Lady did this. Right? She kept things in her heart, pondering them in silence. So we go to her, Mystical Rose, the great exemplar of a soul who knows how to pray, who knows how to be with God who enjoyed being with God. It was good for her to be there with him. Teach us to pray. Our Lady, Our Mother, teach us to pray. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.